Well, good morning, everyone. How are we this morning? All right, I like that response. I'm Cheryl Lackey. I serve as pastor for our community of women, and it is always so good to have the privilege uh, to come and share a message uh, that, believe me, this was a hard one to get out (laughs) this morning, so it's a privilege to be here and preach this message. Uh, Welcome to, and hello, I should say, really, to our campuses, each of our campuses, and to those of us joining us online as well. Uh, We want you to know if you are traveling and... um, This is a way you're staying connected. We're glad that you are doing that with us uh, via the internet. And if you're new, if this is your first time with us, uh, we just wanna extend a special invitation to come and join us us at any of our five campuses across the uh, greater Boston area. Great is the art of beginning, but greater is the art of ending. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow the beginning of something. It fills our heart with hope. There is this expectancy, the sense of a fresh start. We get excited, don't we? A new relationship, a new job opportunity, the start of a new school year, the Patriots football season. I knew that'd get you. (laughs) <laughs> Even a few claps on that one. I watched TV this week, our training. Uh, the, the trainings have started, so I'm sure just a few of you have maybe a little bit of hope in your heart right now. But if we talk about endings, the end of childhood when you leave for college, a broken engagement, a failed adoption, the loss of a loved one. The mood in the room shifts a little bit, doesn't it? The reality is that there are some endings in life that stir up feelings of sadness, grief, deep loss, deep loss, maybe Maybe you're someone who has experienced so many difficult endings that you hesitate about ending anything now because it triggers fear. Or does it stir up um, a pain inside you that is so deep that it kind of paralyzes you with that fear? An unanswered prayer. How many of us have had those? been in that moment. Lord, is this how it's going to end? We all, doesn't matter our age, we all wrestle with hard questions and these emotions when it comes to an ending. Great is the art of beginning, but greater is the art of ending. So how do we live this? How do we actually do this in a way that we acknowledge the necessity of both beginnings and endings in our life? 
For the past five weeks in our summer series, Life Punctuated, uh, we have looked at the realities that punctuate several aspects of our lives by observing men and women's stories in the Bible. Uh, Our Wilmington campus pastor, Tom, began with the Old Testament prophet Moses and his parenthetical life, how we make sense of unending difficult circumstances. And along the way, we have considered the exclamation points of life, the question marks, commas, how is all of this going to fit together? And last week, Adam so beautifully talked with us about the quotation marks of life, reminded us who it is that God says We are such a beautiful message from Adam last week. Each week, we have emphasized that life is not one long run-on sentence. And this week, I get to wrap up our series with a punctuation mark, guess what? The period, the end. So let's consider how the period impacts a sentence. One definition states, period, a point, line, or limitation that indicates the full extent of something. And looking at the history of the use of this punctuation, we find it indicates, guess what? Everything eventually ends. But periods are also used to contain content within seasons. The dot at the end of a sentence marks a clear beginning and an end. It can also reflect a need for a full pause or a portion of time set apart to learn a lesson. So to sum it up, in the end, the period means stop. Don't rush past it. Acknowledge that something has happened. Something has come to an end. But the point, the period, also points to something new ahead. With that, in our time together today, just as we began our sermon series with Moses, we're headed to the end of his life now. He's 120 years old. He's on the edge of Canaan, the promised land, the land God extended in covenant to Abraham in the last book, excuse me, in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. And Moses has given his entire life to God's mission. He spent the first two-thirds of his life to prepare for the last third of his life, to deliver the Israelites out of slavery and into the promised land, this moment. All along the way, Moses experienced hard stops in his life. His childhood in a Hebrew home stopped abruptly when he was placed in a basket down the Nile River. Comforts in the Pharaoh's house ended when he killed an Egyptian soldier and fled. His quiet life as a shepherd ended at a burning bush. The Midian Desert prepared him for more endings, ultimately to lead the Israelites in the wilderness. And then Moses needed to plan a leader succession. He's now 120 years old, and he will soon die. And that's where we pick it up uh, as we spend our time together this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 34. We're gonna look at verses one through 12. 
to look at what it was about Moses' life that enabled him to accept beginnings and endings. Let's read verses one through four together. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zor. And then the Lord said to him, this is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, Moses, but you will not cross over into it. That feels like a hard ending. And it was Lord, I don't get to go into the promised land. Everything I worked so hard for, we made it through Pharaoh's wrath, harsh desert living conditions, mumbling, complaining. We find the why for God's no in Numbers chapter 20. Um, to summarize, the Israelites are in the desert. There's no water to be found. The people are complaining again. So God tells Moses to gather around the rock, stand in front of all the nation, speak to the rock, and water would pour out. Well, Moses struck the rock. He was tired, frustrated, impatient, it had been a long, miserable at times, 40 years. The people got their water, but God told Moses because he disobeyed him before all the people, he wouldn't get to enter into the promised land. What a major disappointment. Can you feel that? Yeah, the major disappointment. And this was towards the end of his time in the wilderness. He was so close. In plain terms, this was a big deal. Moses' disobedience was a big deal. He had introduced the covenant law to Israel, the Mosaic law. He re-emphasized to a new generation what God required of them to live holy. God couldn't overlook his sin. God couldn't do that. And that's what makes verses one through four all the more meaningful, especially when we think about God invited Moses to the top of that mountain that day it was God's invitation to him to come together and remember all that they had been through. If this was a movie scene, it would be the climax in a long, grueling journey. You know, you could imagine the vast land uh, that is before them. And God puts his arm around Moses. 
to comfort him, to, to reassure him, to love him in these final moments. During my recent CCLE uh, trip to Jordan, to Amman, Jordan, um, our primary focus was to spend time to learn from our partners in Grace Chapel and um, uh, World Relief. Um, and we also had the opportunity to spend time with Iraqi and Syrian refugees. It was an incredible uh, experience to be able to have. But on our free day, as God's perfect timing would have it, we went to the top of Mount Nebo where these verses took place. Talk about incredible. And you bet I imagined what that conversation between God and Moses must have been like. Um, I looked behind me, if you look at this picture, I, I looked behind me and I could imagine, I could think about all of Moses' struggles. Some of them he brought on himself, um, but others were brought on him by people's choices. Moses, the thing about Moses was he remained committed. Through all of that, he remained committed to God's purposes. And I also thought about how God used every start and stop to prepare him, to bring him even to this challenging moment. And so then when I looked out ahead of me, this is, the, uh, this is a real picture I captured from my iPhone, um, but, but my iPhone camera, my physical eyes couldn't do justice to the landscape and how far that it reached because it was endless. But I sat on a rock. <laughs> I sat on a rock on the top of Mount Nebo and I thought about that conversation, what they must have remembered together. The burning bush, the plagues, manna, bad attitudes. I think God might have said something like, oh my gosh, don't believe me, who can quote God? God is God and we're not. But in my imagination, he said something like, Moses, you were part of all, of all of this. You were part of bringing about my promise. How comforting and yet bittersweet that conversation must have been. Endings bring finality. You know, something ended sooner than we wanted or it didn't turn out the way we expected. And what about good endings? Because those exist too, right? We have hard endings, but we also have happy endings in our life. When two become one. Uh, graduation, there's plenty who have experienced graduations here in the last uh, few months. Winter, I know, we're glad when winter's over. At least I am, <laughs> being from the South, enough said. But hard endings and happy endings, they both happen, they all happen in our lives. And that's the thing, 
with every kind of ending, whether it is welcomed or unwelcomed, we have an opportunity to look back, to learn, and to remember God's faithfulness to us. Was Moses sad? Yes. Yes. But I think Moses' heart of gratitude became stronger than any disappointment that he had in this moment or at any other time in his life because throughout Moses' life, he could look back and he could point to where God extended mercy and justice, provision, compassion. Where has God done that for you? Where has he done that for you and where has he done that for me? It seems to me that the overarching reason Moses could embrace this tough ending on Mount Nebo and all the other um, periods to his life was because endings teach us to enjoy the journey with God, the journey in relationship with God more than any outcome. Moses learned to embrace a journey where all of life begins, goes, stops, ends, and continues with God. Now, perhaps on that mountaintop, because this wasn't the first mountaintop that they had been on together, right? Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. So perhaps in this moment, God reminded Moses, hey Moses, you know way back when you were really afraid to talk to Pharaoh and I said, I will be with you? I meant that, Moses. I wonder how many of you need to hear that this morning. You need to hear God say to you, I will be with you. Maybe there is something that you need to invite God into to ask for his help to accept an ending. And maybe you're unsure, you know, as we've gone through this series on life punctuated, you know, maybe you're not sure if you're in the parentheses or the comma, the period of your life, and you just need some time to be able to stop and to reflect on that. And we're gonna give you that opportunity today at the end of our service. It is healthy to stop and to acknowledge the good, the difficult, and the bittersweet of something that's come to an end or um, that may soon come to an end. I know that as I have studied and put this message together and I've studied Moses' life um, as, a, as a person um, and as a leader, this has been a challenging message for me. Um, 
the endings, the letdowns in my life happened in such rapid succession over a few years, painful endings that rearranged my entire life. A difficult ending to a career that I thought I would always have as a broadcast journalist. Three moves within four years, each to a different state. (laughs) And to feel that with me a little bit, that was after spending 20 years in one state that I loved and enjoyed and had a high quality of life and experienced deep community with people. That's, that's a hard ending. There was an unexpected breakup and my mom died of ALS. Every ending seemed to involve a new beginning. And then just as quickly, right, I would get hopeful and another ending. That wears you out. It wears you out. But what I'm learning, and that's key, what I am learning is that without the Holy Spirit's help to accept our endings, I'd keep looking back. I'd keep looking back, holding on to great days of my past when God had something better ahead. I couldn't see it in the moment. I couldn't see it when all those rapid endings, beginnings, endings were going on. But I was learning, and I I continue to learn to trust God when I don't understand. Life is hard. Can I just say that this morning? Life is hard. It isn't easy. We received, I received an email of a friend whose mom suddenly passed away. You know, we, life is just hard. And Moses' story reminds us that we don't always get our way. That we don't always get what we want. But in God's faithfulness, he comes alongside us too in our journey. Amen? Endings are life lessons that teach us to embrace the journey. And when we do, our relationship transforms into who, more of of who and what God created us for, himself. God created us for himself. That is worth a full pause. So looking at a few more verses now uh, that emphasize important details of this passage. We're not gonna turn there, but I wanna give this to you because it's important in the big picture of Moses' life and this relationship that he and God experienced together. Verses five through eight, we find um, that Moses has now passed. The Lord himself took care of Moses' burial, more evidence of God's mercy toward him. 
The people have also marked his passing with a set amount of time to grieve. And verse nine reflects Moses' commitment to stick with God's plan even when he knew he wouldn't be a part of the future. Moses played an integral part in preparing Israel's next leader, Joshua. And in God's timing, Moses obeyed and he stepped aside for that next generation leader. And then we come to verse 10. This is what God says in Moses' death. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For, certain, for no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Now that sounds like a celebration of someone's faithful life. God's epitaph of Moses captured the respect, the high esteem that was there, the love, the graciousness that they shared. Words, God's words affirmed the unending nature of their relationship. I don't think that Moses was focused on the one thing he didn't get, the one thing he didn't receive from God. And God didn't either, because God sees our entire life. His love, in his love and his care, he weaves our stories for his divine purposes. As we continue our lifelong adventure, and that's what it is with God. It's an adventure with him. And as we continue our lifelong adventure of learning to enjoy the journey with God in relationship with him more than the outcome, like Moses, we can trust the master storyteller in looking back and in looking ahead. His plans, God's plans stretch out into eternity. And that's the final aspect of Moses' life that I want us to consider together this morning. Endings provide opportunities to look to the future with hope and confidence in God's love. We began our morning with the quote, great is the art of beginning, but greater is the art of ending. And God's plan for us, we can find hope in both because the arc of all scripture points to God's story of redemption. God's love motivated Moses to see that every start and stop brought him right where he stood that day with God by his side. He knew he'd keep. He knew God would keep his covenantal promises. Moses knew after he died that the story would continue through Israel's new leader, Joshua. And Moses knew the Lord would keep writing his master story 
It's one that you and I get to be a part of today in Jesus Christ. Jesus came and he fulfilled the law in his death and his resurrection so that we can have a new beginning in grace and in freedom. Amen. 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 Aren't we glad God redeems our sin and our losses for his purposes and for our good? And aren't we glad that God doesn't say end of story? He doesn't do that to us. He didn't do that to Moses ultimately. God doesn't say end of story because a well-punctuated life recognizes that endings are a natural part of life. But in God's love, there is always hope of new beginnings. I heard this hope in one young refugee couple uh, while we were in Jordan in our time there who invited us into their home uh, for dinner for safety reasons, we aren't gonna show their faces, um, but you can see their hospitality on display. And uh, in the Middle Eastern culture, there's a high value on hospitality. And I promise you, myself and everybody that was with me on that team uh, complimented them in their value, in their high value with second and third portions. <laughs> we did. Um, probably the best meal I've ever had, I think. I actually said that to them. But as we spent time together with this young couple, uh, the husband shared how he'd fled Mosul, Iraq in the height of the uh, ISIS attacks. They had left with nothing after ISIS ravaged their home and took everything they had. He confided uh, with us, in us, that he had watched friends killed and missile attacks. Um, he had nearly lost his, his um, life six different times. And then he expressed gratitude for the shelter. Um, they had spent time uh, in a courtyard, um, found shelter there in the courtyard of a church. And they had needed to do that for several days. And then his words stopped me. <laughs> because he apologized for sharing sad news. What? What did he have to apologize for? That was a forced ending. He'd never know his home or his life there anymore. What did he do to deserve that? Nothing. Fighting back tears, the husband said, Inshallah, Inshallah, which means God willing. Inshallah, we have hope for a better tomorrow. You can imagine this couple is weary. They didn't plan their first year of marriage to involve a violent ending. 
but they're trusting in God's love in Christ for a future. What is it that you and I need to trust God with today? Are you coming to an ending in your life? You know, maybe like Moses, you need to look back with God and remember all that he accomplished in that season. Or do you need to open your eyes to see what it is that God may be doing in the days to come? Moses didn't get to step into a new season with the Israelites, but what he received from God was way better. God's unending love. And it's the same love available to you and to me and to that young couple. God's unending love. A well-punctuated life recognizes that endings are a natural part of life. But in God's love, there is always hope of new beginnings. Let's pray. Father, uh, this is not an easy topic to talk about sometimes. We thank you, God, that you meet us in our every need. We thank you that you're a faithful God. And I would imagine, Lord, that across our campuses, there is some sadness, there is some grief, there is some loss. I know there is. I, I interact with several of them, even right now. I ask you, God, to meet each person as they consider an ending. Give them hope, fill their hearts with the hope of you, God. Cover your people, Lord Jesus, in your love. It's in your strong name we pray. Amen. Amen.